The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You are so deserving of all the joy and juiciness you can stand. I'm Lisa McCourt of Joy School, and this is Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Let's do some joy. Okay, Do Joy listeners, we are going to swim around together today in one of our favorite themes here at Joy School and on this podcast. We're going to talk about love with our superstar guest, a longtime friend of Joy School. We are so lucky. Ariel Ford is a leading personality in the personal growth and contemporary spirituality movement. For the past 30 years, she's been living, teaching, and promoting consciousness through all forms of media. She's a celebrated love and relationship expert, author of 11 books, including the international bestsellers The Soulmate Secret, Wabi Sabi Love, and many more. Ariel wrote the foreword for a book that I wrote for Hay House back in 2012. I've been with her at the fabulous Omega Institute in New York, down here for a few events. We did a coloring party with HCI, one of my publishers. I've been blessed to have her as a Joy School guest presenter on several occasions, and I'm so happy today to be with this divine being, this Cupid of Consciousness, who's made such a profound heart-shaped imprint on this planet. I think we were at Louise Hayes' 85th birthday party together, too. I was trying to remember all the places that we'd connected back in the day. Welcome, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to see you. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. We all kind of were in our caves for a while. Now we're all yeah. kind of coming out of our caves. It's, it's <laughs> nice, even, even if it's just coming out online to see people far away like you. So I want us to talk about love. We talk about love incessantly on this podcast in the more global sense of agape love. Let's put more love out there. Let's up-level the love in our own lives and thereby in the world. Kind of a recurring theme here in Joy School. Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. was here just talking about it. But you specialize in a flavor of love that hasn't come up really at all, I don't think, on this podcast. And that's romantic love, soulmate connection. So maybe let's start by looking at how this particular flavor of love might be a little different from the others. Um, I love this because so many people have no idea what love is. I mean, truly, they don't know what love is. They think that love is a feeling. Is it oh, not? I love you. How do I know? Because I have all these feelings. It's like champagne bubbles going through my veins and and that's how I know I love you and that experience the the romantic notion of being in love is nature's greatest trick 
Ooh. It's your brain on drugs. It's your brain cas cascading waves of, of dopamine and oxytocin and adrenaline, and it feels really, really good. And I say it's nature's trick because the purpose of it is to get us to procreate, to keep the species going. But it is not even close to what real mature adult romantic love is. It's not in the same dimension. Because what happens with the state of being in love, while it is fabulous and it feels great, it doesn't last. It lasts six months to three years if you're lucky. And being in that state doesn't really ever tell you if you've picked a soulmate life partner who can contribute to your long-term happiness. Ask anybody who's fallen in love and then gotten married and then found out they didn't even know that person and then they went through the pain of divorce probably more than once. Being in love is not love. Okay? It's not. It just isn't. It's fun. It feels great, but it's not love. What is love? Love is a behavior. Mm. Love is a choice. Yeah. Love is a decision. Love is an action. Love is a way of being. And with you, when you're with your soulmate life partner and you're having all these great feelings, as anybody who's ever had them and then been with somebody knows, the days come where you absolutely hate them. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that you don't love them. Because if you're looking to your feelings to decide whether or not you love somebody, you're going to end up chronically disappointed because we humans are super imperfect beings. And the whole setup is, anger, frustration, and disappointment, because nobody can live up to the fantasy, Mr. Right, Miss Right. It just doesn't work that way. It's not even the purpose of it. According to Harville Hendricks, who I think is one of the smartest human beings on the planet, the purpose of taking sacred vows and marrying someone you've decided is your soulmate is so that you can wrap yourself in a container of love that's safe enough for all your childhood mishigash to come up and be healed. The purpose of soulmate love is healing, not feeling good all the time. So if you are constantly going from relationship to the relationship and then the feelings wear off and maybe the grass is greener somewhere else, you're going to spend your life alone. Because that isn't what love is. Love is deciding, oh, you know, let's say, Lisa, let's decide you and I are gay and we meet each other and we have all those good feelings in the beginning and we get to know each other. And of course, the red flags come up from time to time and it's like, well, she does this and she does that and I'm not sure I like that. But at the end of the day, we realize a couple of things that are indicators of the potential and possibility of a long-term relationship. A, we have connection, we have compatibility, we have clear communication, or we're learning how to have clear communication. We have some chemistry, we're attracted to each other. And the single most important quality in that mix to predict long-term happiness is, we have a shared vision for the future. We both want to live near the ocean. We both want to raise children. 
we both want to um, travel to exotic places, you know, so, and there's enough of the shared vision for the future that we can decide that, yes, we're best friends. We're going to make each other's happiness as important to us as our own. And we're going to go on this journey together where we're going to choose to love each other. And the behavior we will exhibit is that of love. So that's my rant on love. That was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, it's a choice. It's a choice like everything else. I love how you, uh, you know, sort of distinguished that from what a lot of people consider to be romantic love. And yet I know a lot of listeners are listening saying, okay, yeah, I get it. I still can't find that that great guy that's going to be all those things for me. You and I have the two most squishy-hearted, love-oozing, soul-centered men on the planet as our husbands and handsomest. How did we get that lucky? How did we be? And I don't think I don't think luck has anything to do with it. Really, I don't. I think a lot of it is receptivity, right? We were receptive, right? We were clear, very clear about the heart traits and qualities we most desire to have in a partner. And often women don't know what that is. They have a shopping list height, weight, income, eye color, you know, all this stuff that doesn't really contribute to your long-term happiness, you know, and I can talk about that a lot more, you know, and so we go out there with this shopping list and we live in this very limited little world like there's a love deficit on the planet. There is no shortage of love on the planet and there are no shortage of potential soulmates for anybody. This idea that we each only get one big love in a lifetime, is just bullshit. It's not true. There are seven and a half billion people. I can't even count that high. Billion people on the planet. Half of them are single. Okay, there's no shortage of potential partners. What there is, is all these limiting beliefs. Well, I can't see him. I can't see her. I tried online dating. It didn't work for me. Therefore, everybody else in the world gets love except me. Right? And then, you know, before we started, I, I mentioned to you, I think one of the greatest uh, illnesses on the planet is people's addiction to suffering. You know, they own and they wrap their arms around, poor me. I've got this and I've got that and so I'm disabled when it comes to that or I'm at a love deficit when it comes to love when it's just not true. There's love everywhere. So one of the practices I do with my clients is I have them do a daily love gratitude practice. And what it involves is first you make a list and you put on this list all the people that you know love you that you also love. Mom, dad, sister, brother, neighbors. Listeners, pay attention because this is your home play this week. So Ariel's giving it to you yes. right now. This right. is what so you're going to do a for list. a home play. List of all the people that you love that you know love you. And then every day, beyond whatever other spiritual practices you have, take time to close your eyes, drop your attention to the area around your heart, and then focus on seeing what's like, I would focus on seeing you. And I would send you a burst of pink light of love from my heart to yours. And then I would do it with this one and that one and everybody on my list. And at the end of it, I would be totally filled up with the abundance of love I already have in my life. Because you can't manifest from a place of lack. 
So when you are filled up, knowing and trusting that you have this abundance of love, that's when your heart becomes magnetic to even more love. And you're not traipsing around the world going, oh, poor me. I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm too damaged. All the good ones were taken. I missed my chance. I live in the wrong city. Blah, blah, blah. All of which has nothing to do with your ability to call in a soulmate life partner. Hallelujah that. You're talking vibes. So you talk vibes a lot here. I just did a four-day conference, a conference for consciousness and human evolution with Greg Braden and Bruce Lipton, these scientific trailblazing geniuses of our time. And of course, the topic the whole four days was the field, the divine matrix that's no longer relegated to science fiction and boo-boo conversations, but it's just the recognized way it be here on Earth, recognized at the top levels of scientific understanding, finally. Those guys are so brilliant, and you know, all of those teachers at that level are teaching the same basic quantum science, which comes down to two things. You can make it really simple. One time does not exist there's no past there's no future there is just this now moment and two we all coexist in the field in the field where we're already connected to everyone and everything so with no time in the field the truth is your soulmate life partner already exists in the field and i have a very easy technique where i teach people how to start that relationship right now today where you can meet them in the field and stop having them be missing and i called it the i call it the golden cord feelingization and i give it away for free on my website my website is soulmatesecret.com there's this tab called free stuff go to free stuff And then under feelingizations, just go to the golden cord feelingization. And in eight minutes, you can meet your soulmate life partner today and you can spend time with them every single day because they're not missing. You just have to put out the welcome mat. You just have to become receptive. And it's not your job to know how, when and where you're going to meet them in the 3D world. But it's absolutely your job absolutely your job to be open willing and available to call them in to be receptive to reach out with your heart energy and to send a wave of love from your heart to theirs to start that relationship today i think you're going to get some takers on that that sounds amazing (laughs) it's easy and it's fun you know and it works for sure, for sure. You know I love your term, feelingizations. I borrow that and use that, giving you full credit all the time. And one of the things that comes up with my joy schoolers that I'm interested in what you would recommend, they always want a, like a prescription. How often, how much time do I have to spend in the feelingization? And I'm always like, it should feel amazing. Like this shouldn't be a chore to have to go do this. This should be something you can't wait to do. You do it a stoplight if you have you know two minutes on the road. What is your recommendation for... Um, Well, you know, unfortunately, we're brainwashed and programmed to be human doings, right? And and doing's a good thing when, you know, the breadcrumbs come and when the inspiration comes and there's the next step to take and the next step to take. But what works is getting on the love frequency, which is why doing the daily love gratitude practice is so important. First, get yourself into the frequency of love. And it's not how much time does it take, it's can you really be in that frequency? Can you get out of your monkey mind head 
and really drop into your heart and re-experience love. And when you have this very limited definition of love, well, it only feels like this, well, of course you can't get there. Either, you know, the last time you got there, it ended up painfully, or you can't re-experience it. But if you go to, like, I'm in my heart, and I'm looking into the eyes of a child, or I'm looking into the eyes of my cat or my dog, or I'm remembering how much gratitude I have for for my neighbor who yesterday really helped me out by doing X, or how much appreciation I have for how well my peonies are growing and how brilliant that color is and how good it feels to know that I put my hands in the soil and I grew a tomato. If you can get into these positive feelings, you get into the love vibration. And when you're in the frequency of love, then according to heart math, you're in a state of heart coherence. And this love frequency then goes out, you know, 25, 50 feet beyond your body. And everybody in your field is now vibrating at the frequency of love. Now, can we maintain that? No, we're human beings. We're screwed up human beings. And we have doubts of thought and lack and they come up all the time. But do you have to serve them tea? <laughs> right? Really? Could you just like, oh, I just had this really negative thought. I have negative thoughts all day long. I have moments of doubt all day long, and I teach this stuff. But what I do is when they come up, I just go, oh, cancel, cancel. Let me replace that with a better thought. Let me choose a slightly more empowering thought as opposed to, oh, my God, I've been on a cleanse for 10 days, and I've only lost five pounds. What am I doing wrong? As opposed to, oh, thank God, I've been paying attention to what my body needs, and Wow, yay, I did lose five pounds. Good for me. You know, it's just about being a mature adult and managing, doing emotional management on yourself. And that's where we humans have trouble because we're lazy. Not only are we lazy, we do what Wayne Dyer has told us never to do. We start believing every thought that we have. Just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's true. Preach it, sister. Yep, you are hearing it hardcore from Ariel today. This is absolutely the truth about the world, about life. And that space that you go to, to to raise your love vibration, that's not just for attracting a soulmate. That is for everything. That just everything, makes everything in your life. Everything. You know, it's like, you know, I do this one uh, where I'm, and, and the way I stay in heart coherence is I, there's a, an app called Inner Balance through, through Heart Math. You can go to Heart Math heart heartmath.com or org and you can order the inner balance and you put it on your phone and twice a day for 15 20 minutes you're training yourself to be in heart coherence right you can see it and you can hear it right and it makes a difference because otherwise it's wishful thinking so when i'm in heart coherence one of the things i see inside of my heart is i i see a vault i have my very own little vault and the door to the vault is open, and the vault is filled with gold bars. It's stacked high, almost to the top, top with gold bars. And in this state, I do this prayer of gratitude. I am so grateful and happy that my vault is full. Mm. Now, do I know where the gold bars came from? No. Do I need to know? No. They're coming from wherever they are now. But I know that it is full, and I and I constantly remind myself of that the other thing i do is i'm constantly thanking my body for being so healthy and vibrant 
and I just picture my heart beating really strong and I say oh I'm so grateful for my happy healthy body so I'm constantly reinforcing this now why do I do this because I'm just this basic ordinary human that's thrown to you know what do I have to do to make this work how come it's not happening now do I need to do more better different you know and that's kind of a normal thing and then I have to remember no I could just lie back and receive and know that good is on its way even if I don't know what it looks like I just keep making the assumption that more and better is coming and it's all about being conscious about doing it just replacing our habits that all of us have been conditioned to have with new habits and yeah it takes deliberation it takes a, an effort and then it just becomes easier and easier and snowballs I've actually started charting it you know because I, I um, it's a whole long story but I just went through two very intense years of trauma not just the pandemic but my mother for whom I was the sole human responsible for was dying and going through dementia and needed a lot of help and more help that I could get for her because of the pandemic. There was, I mean, it was, it was a nightmare. And so in the, in this recovery phase that I'm in, I thought, okay, well, not only do I have to do what I used to do, which was basically try to eat healthy, you know, do my heart math once a day, you know, exercise 30 minutes a day, but no, I need to double this program and then I need to hold myself accountable, you know? So now I'm actually charting all the stuff that I'm doing because I know if I don't, I don't see it, I'm probably not going to do it because I'm lazy at my core. <laughs> I'm a lazy girl. I don't want to do it. I don't want to choose chia seeds over pizza. I really don't. I'd much rather have cheesecake, right? I don't want to give up a hamburger and fries, although I'm once I'm off this current plan, I will be having that once a week again, you know, just to be eating these these shakes, these shakes I'm on at the moment, and you know, in one boiled chicken and vegetable dinner a day, which is so boring. But for I remember now, hearing you say, my body is not a temple, it's an amusement park. Live accordingly. Remember? Yes, yes. Anthony that? Bourdain is my guru who yes, said, Anthony your body Bourdain. is not a temple, it's an amusement park. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. And normally, normally I live like this, but at the moment, we all have in to... an effort to keep my, to heal my nervous system, which means healing my gut, because it was just I was living on Rolaids during this whole thing and then my blood pressure went through the roof I can now lower my blood pressure by 30 points in 15 minutes by doing the inner balance app impressive right so I take my blood pressure and then I watch it low you know so do I want to do this no but what do I want more than anything I want to feel good more than anything I want to feel good physically mentally emotionally spiritually I want to feel good Right. And I want to be I want to be in the state of Santosha. So I lived my life for a long time seeking happiness. And then one day I had this aha moment, which was, oh, shit, happiness isn't the goal. Happiness is contingent upon people, places, things and experiences. And if they go away, then I'm not happy. So what's the next level? And I discovered Santosha. 
which is the Sanskrit word for contentment. Mm-hmm. What if I could be content in spite of whatever's going on around me? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I even have it here on my desk. I'm, they can't see it, but you can. I had Etsy make me this rock, which oh, says, Kosha, it. it's a heart rock, means utter contentment. I look at this all day long. You know, what can I do to get back to peace and contentment? Because whatever time I have left on the planet, that's what I want to experience. I love that you made that distinction between what's going on out there and our inner peace. And I think that's important to look at with relationships too, right? That each of us can only take responsibility for our half of what we bring to any relationship, not even just with romance. I'm in a really sad chapter right now with two family members. It's my dad and my brother who are vibrational resonance has just gotten so far apart. They no longer want to be in a relationship with me. Partly about disagreement with my unequivocal support of my beautiful transgender daughter. Partly about this other yeah. weird storyline that got invented somehow. But my solution, my solace has just been to repeatedly make clear the door is open on my side. I think of it like those hotel room doors between conjoining yeah. rooms, right? So if I close the door to my room, I won't know if they open the other one. So I just leave my door open. I send and, love. And sometimes you need to close the door and take a time out, right? Because... Yeah. Toxicity breeds toxicity, right? You can't fix other people. My brother quit talking to me 10 years ago, right after my sister died. No explanation. We've never had a fight ever. To this day, I still don't know. But I've just gotten to the point where, you know, I just have to let him be. You know, if he reaches out on the very, very, very rare occasions, I am pleasant. You know, I, I spent a couple of years making him really wrong, but now it's just like, listen, he's he's human. He's doing whatever he needs to do, you know, right. and, and the time we have on this planet is so limited, right? So you, you have chosen to be the path to joy, right? And then you're sharing how you do it. Just keep doing that. You know, you're not going to fix them. They chose each other to have this drama. Right. You know, who knows? Maybe they're having the drama so you can get even better at practicing joy. Maybe they're doing it for you. Maybe they're already high beings who are sacrificing themselves to make it look ugly. That's the story I make up all the time. When really ugly stuff's going on, it's like, I probably ask them to behave this badly, you know, just so I, I get an opportunity to do what I need to do to stay peaceful. Because look, as I said earlier, human, we're human beings. We're very imperfect, right? And we can't change and we can't fix anybody. But we can do it for ourselves, you know? It's like, well, what can I do to in this moment? Like, I, I love to teach people how to be pleasure puppies. Oh, I love that. Yes, and so especially women, because when women are stressed out, it's because their oxytocin levels are bottoming out. And the fastest way to recover from stress is to rebuild oxytocin. So the fastest way to do that for women is through pleasure. Now, how can you do that? Manicures, pedicures, get your hair done, get a massage, get a foot rub, go dancing, sing with your friends, pet your animals, do acts of service, laugh, watch stupid videos on YouTube. All of those things will rebuild your oxytocin levels and help you manage stress better. So I've done a whole video. You can actually Google uh, 
my name and, and pleasure puppy video. And I have a five minute video that teaches you how to be a pleasure puppy. So I do pleasure puppy things every day. You know, how can I have more fun? You know, maybe like I haven't decided yet today what I'm going to do, but but um, yesterday we went out to this amazing dinner for Brian's birthday, you know, and so I, I picked this location that was breathtakingly beautiful and we got dressed up for it and we ordered everything. Like we didn't just decide, oh, we're just going to have two things. We ordered like six things, you know, and we, even though I don't drink, I tasted the drinks that he got, you know, so we were just having all this pleasure and celebration because we chose to. Yeah, the listeners are saying, why didn't she make that the home play? All right, that can be your home play too, if you'd well, like. Well, <laughs> so here's the thing about being a pleasure puppy. So so what doesn't count? If you meditate every day, doesn't count. If you do yoga every day, doesn't count. Those are good, healthy lifestyle habits. Pleasure is something special that you don't do every day. So if having a Godiva champagne truffle will bring you pleasure, that could be a once a week pleasure puppy activity you know like about once a month my friend Marcy and I go to this amazing ice cream place to have a seven dollar scoop of ice cream that is just to die for and it happens to be gluten-free on top of it not sugar-free but gluten-free you know like what can you do that will bring you pleasure on some level you know if I don't have a lot of time I'll listen to Andrea Bocelli sing the prayer and for four and a half minutes, I'm transported into the heavenly musical realm, you know, realms of Bocelli. But giving yourself pleasure is really, as I'm sure you teach, a path to joy. I mean, it just keeps coming back to we have this choice. This is available to us. All these things are there in the world. It's just we, we don't choose them. We don't see them. Our perception filter blacks them out. And just opening up to looking for ways to be a pleasure puppy it sounds like it should be so simple. Do you think that people have issues with deservingness? That comes up a lot in Joy School. It's just we have to somehow work with that that baseline unconscious, I don't deserve. Yeah, you know, I, I see that it is an issue for a lot of people. And you could have that thought, I don't deserve it, but do it anyway. Right? Don't let it stop you, you know. Uh, you know, I get that when I'm writing a book, especially when I'm writing a book on a topic that's never been written before, and I start having this thought, God, who am I to be writing this groundbreaking thing on XYZ? And then I have to remember, somehow I got chosen to do this, because there's this drive, there's this desire forcing me forward. Now, do I want to do it? No. But I feel like I don't have a choice, you know? So... You, you get you get to you're the adult here in the relationship you know your, your mind can be saying I don't deserve it like like every time I have a big accomplishment I buy myself what I call a push present you know like I've just pushed out another book or I've just pushed out another project you know and so I think about as I'm doing it well what's the reward going to be how will I reward myself and for a long time when I finished a book I would buy myself really good jewelry you know, but now I hardly ever wear the jewelry anymore, but it's still there. When I put on a particular ring or earrings, it's like, oh, remember you spent two years torturing yourself to write this book? And here's the beautiful diamond ring. That's the reward for it. And it doesn't have to be that elaborate, you know, but I think we need to learn to reward ourselves. We bribe kids all day long 
well, if you do this, you'll get that. Why wouldn't we do that for ourselves? And that's what being a pleasure puppy is all about. Can you give yourself a daily reward just for waking up and breathing? I love that. And that actually would gradually help us to to change those unconscious feelings about deservingness if we're showing ourselves And, and I think the other thing is they're never going to go away. So that's the other myth in personal growth. Oh, if I do enough work, I'm, I'm going to be healed. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. You're going you're gonna to find new ways to mitigate the pain and new ways to manage the problem. But whatever your core wound or wounds are, just accept the fact you're going to die with them. Okay? They're not going away. You know, the, the, the path to wholeness and healing is never ending because just when you thought you handled your daddy issues and they haven't come up for seven years and then suddenly you're right back to, oh my God, and all those weird feelings come back and I thought I dealt with this. You did, that layer of the onion. New layer, <laughs> new time, what can you do? Which is why I encourage all of my clients to develop a spiritual toolkit. And mine's very vast. You know, high on my list is EFT tapping. I tap almost every day. I love doing the Sedona method, which is a self-taught method. I'm now doing heart math twice a day. I take aromatherapy baths. I go for walks in nature without my phone, without direction, just to see, can I notice that I can smell the ocean? I can hear the birds. I can hear the crunch of the leaves under my feet. Oh my God, look at these flowers. You know, I give myself, you know, a nature cure. So developing a spiritual toolkit and then using it is very useful. That is a great toolkit. And it sounds like there's a lot of pleasure puppy activities built into to that. I love that. Yeah, we, we work with those things as well. And we call it the spiral in Joy School is exactly what you're talking about. It's like yeah. whatever those those first definitions that you made about the world when you were really, really young and didn't have logic and everything just seemed a certain way, those definitions are always going to be there. We can change our relationship to them by becoming the observer, noticing when it yeah. comes up, treating it differently, not just being reactive blindly, but noticing it. Human Design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum Human Design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. I'm glad you, you mentioned that because it reminded me of, of something that, that I, I think people pass over in the search for a soulmate life partner. You know, why? Okay, at this point in the world, women don't need a man. We just don't. We don't need a man. So then why should we want one? It's like, well, A, they're the icing on the cake. And B, we all need a witness to our lives. You know, life is easier when you have someone who will take a bullet for you, somebody you can be physically and emotionally safe with, that's your best friend that you can trust, which is why, despite of however horrible your past romances have been, is not a reason not to get up and try again. Just try to be 
you know, more aware this time. Like actually do a deep dive into your past relationships. What's your pattern? Who are the people you're choosing? What are the basis for the choices you're making? And learn learn to improve your picker, your, your, your partner picker, because that's where most people fall down is they have a terrible picker, you know, and they have no awareness or consciousness behind it because, oh no, he has to be tall, dark, and handsome, earning X amount of dollars and, you know, having you know a college education and I can't tell you how many of my clients come to me oh well he has to have gone to an Ivy League school it's like why <laughs> why would you want a man who you know decided that college wasn't for him so he didn't go or he dropped out and he's self-made and he's conscious man living his life on purpose giving back and is generous with his time love appreciation affection why wouldn't you want that as opposed to you know something else because we're so judgy which is why you know the observation that all the people listening right now are probably going to hate but I'm going to state it for you the women on this planet who have the hardest time finding love are the ones who hold on tightly to the identity that they're spiritual Ooh, that's a good and why why is that because they're very arrogant they believe Oh, because I meditate, because I've gone to Deepak Marianne Wayne workshops, because I read, you know, Don Miguel Ruiz, and because I drink green drinks and I go to hot yoga, therefore I am spiritual. No, no, you're not. What you are is you're leading a healthy lifestyle, but there's no spirituality in yoga innately or in meditation innately. A spiritual person is somebody who comes from a place of love and compassion and action, seva. That's a person leading a spiritual life. The other reason they have such a hard time is because they all think they're so intuitive. Oh, <laughs> I'll know. I'll open the door and I'll know within seven and a half seconds whether or not they're the one. And this is why online dating doesn't work for them because they're so judgmental. Oh, no, couldn't be it, not it, not it. And the truth is, women are not visual that way. Women fall in love in between their ears, and it takes time for them to be, feel comfortable and trust somebody and get to know somebody. Love at first sight exists mostly for men. I've met lots of men who knew instantly. I've met almost no women who knew instantly, or even if they had a hint, didn't commit instantly because it takes us longer to get to know, which is why uh, my friend Carol Allen has this great line. She said, she said, always give a man a second date unless he completely and totally grossed you out. If he didn't totally gross you out, give him a second date. And I tell women, give him a minimum of three, ideally five, if there's enough conversation that there's at least a flow going. Because Men are nervous. Men are much more insecure than women are. And they're very nervous and they don't always show up well in the very beginning. You be schooled, do joy listeners. <laughs> you know now what to avoid and what not to be. That's really interesting. I mean, I we we 
teach here that everybody has intuition. We work on building our intuition, but you're seeing that a first impression is, I, I, I don't know. I feel like if he's a jerk on the first date, you don't give him a second date, but that goes with your- Well, gross, I mean, right? if he, if he if says obviously racist or cruel things, <laughs> of course not, right? However, however, what would I do if somebody said something and I was like, you know, in contraction over it, I wouldn't just stand up and leave. I would ask them a clarifying question. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Hey, Joe, you just said X, Y, Z. Is that what you meant or did I misunderstand? And he might say, oh my God, no, what I meant to say was A, B, C, and suddenly you're having this really lovely deep conversation. But it's your job to ask clarifying questions, not get judgy and make assumptions. You know, I had a friend who, who is a woman who, even to this day, considers herself very spiritual. She works on our field. She teaches all this stuff. She's very talented. And um, she had this new boyfriend, and we were all at dinner. And I said to him, uh, you know, he was, he was a, a, a very successful man at the top of his field in a professional field. And I said to him, what drew you to Alicia? And he said, you know, he said, I come from a very scientific background. My life is rooted in science. And since I've met her, she's taken me to hear Deepak Chopra speak. I'd never even heard of him. She shared with me some of her beliefs on how to start your day off, you know, with prayer and this and other things. And he said, and I so admire how she walks through the world as a queen and she's allowed me to be her consort and I've grown so much as a person. So you can live in the world that you and I live in and what they would call the spiritual world, but that doesn't mean you should be looking for a spiritual man. Just because a man meditates or does yoga is zero, 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 zero indication that he shares your values. How do I know this is true? Because there's a lot of male meditation and yoga teachers out there that have sexual assault charges against them, some of whom are very famous. So you can't make assumptions. What you want to do is get to know somebody's heart because actions speak louder than words, right? Is this a man that who's going to put a sword in the ground for you that you can trust? You won't know that in seven and a half seconds. So you got to give the poor guys a chance. That is a really good point. Yes, I, I noticed that in my circle of friends that yes I have some who they both do the same kind of work and they go to the same conferences and watch the same Gaia TV and it seems like you know wow that would be like so ideal but then on the other hand there's plenty who one partner is totally into all that and the other isn't but their hearts match that's always the terminology that that David and I use it's just it's so wonderful when you find someone who your hearts match especially those of us who don't have the most mainstream run-of-the-mill heart you know yeah. it's, it's nice to find a find a compatible heart. I love that. Well, if, if Brian had, when we met, if he had had a must-have that his partner had to be a meditator, we wouldn't be together. I had meditated in my life. I know lots of kinds of meditation, but I had stopped doing it. It didn't work for me. I found other things that do work for me. You know, imagine that, you know, so you can't have these rigid things what you want is this shared compatibility, shared vision for the future, and respect for each other. Yes. You know, he just he does plenty of things that I'm not interested in, but I respect his curiosity about it. 
I do lots of things, you know, he has no interest in doing, but he respects and gives me the freedom to do the things I want to do. Because at the end of the day, that's all there is, is love and respect and appreciation. Absolutely. Yeah, Dave and I are the same. We have very different interests. I always say um, in Joy School that, you know, about the whole vibrational resonance that to have a happy relationship re really requires two happy people, which means ideally you want to attract a happy partner. And the best way to do that is to work on your own happiness, <laughs> because yes. unless you're a happy partner, you're not going to attract a happy partner. You'll attract someone at the same vibrational frequency that you're at, right? but that's not going to make a happy partnership, a happy It's so couple. true. And you know, one of the first things I noticed about Brian when we got together 25 years ago, he smiles in his sleep. Oh, I love that. Literally. And the other night... I got up in the middle of the night and I looked at him and he was smiling in his sleep. He's still to this day, given all the trauma he's been through with his health over the last 10 years, he still smiles in his sleep. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah there's nothing better than being with a happy person every day. <laughs> it's like... yeah. And somebody who, who wants to support your happiness. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just a choice yeah. that, that we get to make in our relationships. Yeah, the one last thing I want to say is that is that you can be with your soulmate today and be committed to them and have your life planned with them, and it could end at some point. It could end through divorce or death, and it doesn't mean that they weren't your soulmate. Some soulmate relationships come with an expiration date. So if you're divorced and you said, well, I thought he was my soulmate, but he wasn't, I'm going to ask you to rethink that. Just because it ended doesn't mean that they weren't your intended partner for that period of your life. Yeah, that's great advice. So true. Thank you so much for sharing all this juiciness and some hard truths with the uh -huh. Joy listeners. Yeah, I'm sure some of them hate me by now, but I doubt it. Know, I've been on the planet for 70 years now, so I, I've observed a few things and that's this is just my two cents. You you could throw it all out tomorrow if you don't like it. Very hard to believe looking at you. And I know you already mentioned um, a couple of goodies that people can find. You were telling me about another one before we went on. Oh, yeah. So I have a, a free online dating guide at my website at soulmatesecret.com. It'll pop up. And it's everything that I know that works on how to successfully date online, including templates on how to write uh, a good profile and all the do's and don'ts. So it's totally free. You can go and get it at soulmatesecret.com. I think you're going to have some takers there too. Thank you so much, Ariel. This was beautiful. Home play, y'all, is that making that list and doing that that practice where you use that list to raise up your juicy love vibe within yourself. And if you want to have some some pleasure puppy home play you can throw that in as well yeah. i can't wait to hear yeah. how it goes for y'all ariel i appreciate you so much i love you thank you for being here today and um we'll talk soon joy comes in many flavors but they all start with you being full on glorious you if you'd like some personal love and support along your joy journey find me at lisamccourt.com 
And as you do your joy this week, remember that you elevating your vibration elevates the vibration of everyone around you and ultimately elevates the vibration of all humanity. Thank you for being a valued member of the team that's bringing more love and joy into the world. We need you. I'll see you next week for Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Much love. How long have I walked through my life like I was asleep? Once I found inside my heart that you were always, you were always here. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.